Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise in the house. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise in this house. Come on and lift up the voices in this house to the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords. Come on and bless the King, the one who woke you up this morning and started you on your way. You ought to give him a standing ovation this morning because it had not been for the Lord who was on your side. Where would you be this morning? I come to bless the name of Jesus this morning. Is there anybody that says, I'm going to bless the Lord as long as I live? I, I'm going to praise him when I get old and gray. I'm still going to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Just look to somebody and say, did you come to praise God? Did you come to praise God this morning? Oh, I know we've been going through so much, but I still got our praise down on the inside. The Bible says that everything that has breath, do what? Praise. Oh, my God. Praise you, the Lord. You ought to give God some praise. Oh, my God. I've been going through some things, but I still got a praise on the inside. No matter what trial and tribulation may come my way, I'm still going to give God praise. If there anybody that can say that through all hell, danger, seen and unseen, I'm still going to give God a praise. I feel God in this place. I feel God in this place because I had to come all the way from Jacksonville, Alabama, not just to sit down, but I came to give God some kind of praise in this house. I, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to bless the Oh my God. I came to give him some glory because if it had not been for the Lord who was on on my side, what would I be? Some of you today, you shouldn't be here, but thank me. Oh my God, I feel good right there. Whoa, I feel preaching power up in here today. Oh God, I thank you today, Father. I thank you today that we got breath in our bodies just to say thank you. I thank you we got the activities of our limbs, God. I thank you. I thank you I'm able to walk. I'm able to talk, God. I thank you. I thank you I'm able to see, God. I thank you today for you being so good to us. And we just want to pause and say thank you. We thank you. We thank you for Jesus today. For what he did on Calvary's cross. We thank you. But he didn't stay there. We thank you that he went into the tomb, but he didn't stay there either. I thank you that he rose on the third day with all power in his hands. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God another hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. I am excited to be here today. I've just been, I've been waiting on this day to come for a long time. <laughs> I bless God. I do want to honor God who is the head of my life. I do want to honor your pastor, uh, Mrs. Bill England. Amen. And uh, to the ministers and uh, fivefold ministry guests uh, who are part of this ministry, uh, to my pastor and her absence apostle, Dr. Deborah Dempsey Curitan. Uh, from Jehovah Shalom International Kingdom Ministries. I want to bless God for my mom, Prophet Felicia Kiedansi, who traveled with me today. Amen. Uh, it's a blessing to have family come on along the road with you. But uh, I am Pastor Xavier's kid, the youth pastor at Jehovah Shalom International Kingdom Ministries. But there is a word from God, so if you could get your Bibles, your tablets, or whatever, however you get the word, we're going to go forward to the word. Amen. I do want to uh, recognize uh, a friend of ours, uh, Sister Sharon, 
we bless God for her and sister, uh, Dr. Veronica for them connecting with us. And they just some God-loving people. <laughs> so I bless God for that awesome connection. We're going to go to the book of Luke, the 7th chapter, and the 11th verse through the 17th verse. Luke, the 7th chapter, the 11th verse and the 17th verse. And when you get that, would you please stand uh, all over the building? Luke, the 7th chapter, and the 11th verse. Luke, chapter 7, verse 11 through the 17. I bless God for my friend. Uh, Facebook will connect you to people and then he just bring you in front of people. Uh, Sister Beverly Sanders here and her husband. It's good to finally meet y'all in person. So I bless God. <laughs> so the Bible says in Luke, the seventh chapter and 11 verse, uh, I'll be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible version. Uh, it says these words, soon afterward, he was on his way to a town called Nain. His disciples and a large crowd were traveling with him. Just as, he heard, just as he neared the gate of the town, a dead man was being carried out. He was with his mother's only son, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was also with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, Don't cry. Look to somebody and say, Don't cry. Then he came up and touched the open coffin, and the pallbearer stopped, and he said, Young man, I tell you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Then fear came over everyone, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. This report about him went throughout Judea and on the vicinity. Amen. Amen. Today, uh, you may have your seats. Today, I want to come from the subject of, I died, but my funeral was canceled. Oh, y'all, y'all better work with me here. <laughs> I died, but my funeral was canceled. Uh, as I begin to look at this text, because usually when I have speaking engagements, God, uh, I begin to go and God will begin to speak. But lately, God is just, I was like, Lord, I, I need a word. I need a word. And then I was walking and talking to one of my minister friends and, and the Lord would drop something in my spirit. And then my spirit man was like, nah. And so I'm like, nah, Lord, now you know, gave me this word. And I'm just like, Lord, I need you to speak. And so last night I was up. I said, now, Lord. There's a people that are hungering for a word, and I need you to speak. And he told me to tell the people today that you may have died, but your funeral has been kept. Ah, my God. Because I found out here in this particular text, as we begin to look at the book of Luke, the seventh chapter, uh, I begin to see that a funeral was going on with people who were excited to take this young man to his grave. And young people, I know this is Black History Month, but we're going to talk about some things here. But there are some people who want you dead. Uh, there was a large crowd from the city where they were in and, and the people were rejoicing and taking this body to the grave while the mother was weeping and she was sad but she, he had naysayers outside of the funeral watching they were excited because they were getting ready to put you down in the ground but here comes Jesus on the scene and said hold up I got the last say so you ought to look to somebody and say God has the last say so so as I begin to begin to 
think and begin to ask God to speak to me. He began to show me stories throughout the New Testament about many many different people who were at a near-death experience or who have already died. And he came on the scene and, oh, y'all, come on, somebody. He came and raised them from a place of death. And I want to submit this to you, uh, people of God, men and women, brothers and sisters, that sometimes uh, when we mention death, it's not a physical death. It's sometimes we have a spiritual death and God has to come in and wake us up. Oh my God. Wake us up out of some things because we've been dead for so long. We've been out for so long and God has to say, wait a minute. Come forth. Come out of that. Oh my God. That's good preaching right there. And so as I begin to look at this, He's coming in, he's, he's coming in, and this mother, this is her only son, and I can imagine parents, they're your only son who you love so much that you would, oh my God, I can't even imagine when I get to an age where I have my only son and my only daughter, and I'm having to carry them before my time to their grave. Can any parent even imagine? So his mother was crying out, and the Lord said to her, he had compassion and said, don't cry. Don't you worry. I'm right here. The king of kings, the son of man, the son of God is here. I come to encourage somebody. Stop your crying. Stop your weeping. Because Jesus is, oh God, Jesus is here. And whatever problem you have, oh my God, the old folks say he may not come when you want him to, but he's always. Come on, somebody. I'm with somebody who he's a no-time God. The son said, yes, he is. Oh, my God. Thank you for showing up in my situations. When it seemed like I was going to fall, but he came and stepped right in and said, Xavius, I got you. Keep holding on. Keep praying. Keep trusting. Because in the end, you're going to... Oh my God, because I found out through Jesus Christ we already got the victory. So they said, might as well go ahead and shout now and praise them now because in the end you're going to have the victory. Uh, but we see that he said, don't cry, don't worry. And some of you have been worrying about some things. Some of you have been worrying about school and your job. And I come to help somebody say, stop your worrying, stop your whining, because there's a God that says high and looks down low, and he said, I got you. Whatever you need, I got it. So stop worrying. You don't have to worry about the bills being paid, because he got it. You like, oh my God. You don't have to worry about the kids at your school, because he got you. My God, I thank him for having my back up because sometimes, you know, God, we, we want to cuss some folks out, but he said, hey, I got you, I got you. Hold on. The Bible said, hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battles. Some of y'all holding that peace. Oh. Woo. Woo. My God, I feel your Holy Ghost. Uh, my God. Stop your crying, stop your worrying and because there is a God that is so, so compassion. Oh, God. He said over in John 3.16, he said, For God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. Isn't that a great display of love for somebody who when we even sin, he still said, I'm yours. Uh, so, as I begin to look, in the next verse, in verse 14, I begin to see where he came up and touched the open coffin. 
and the palm bears, the ones carrying the coffin stopped. And he said, young man, I tell you, get up. Uh, in this part of the text, the Lord is telling some people that while people are carrying you to your grave, right. he's going to come by and stop. Oh, my God. He's going to stop them from taking you out and tell you to get up from that bed because so many times people come into our lives and drag us down and we don't focus on what other people got to say. But when Jesus show up on us, things around you begin to change. It's just something when Jesus show up. Ah. And he stopped, the pallbearer stopped. And it's something that, you know, when, when we're in a funeral procession and they're rolling, they're going slow and just taking their time to get there. And, you know, it's like, all right, when are we going to get there? But they don't stop for nobody. People stop for them. But when Jesus showed up, they had to stop. Ah, I hope somebody got that right there. And he said, young man, I tell you, get up. And some of you today, the Lord is telling me to tell you, you need to get up from some of them dead situations. Some of you have died and you're going to let them funeralize you too early. But I come to tell somebody, get up. Look to your name and say, get up. Oh, my God, because there are so many people out here in this world seeking you out. Because the Bible says that the enemy come as a ruin lie seeking whom he may devour. He only comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But my Bible lets me know that God has came, Jesus came, to give me life and to give me what? More abundantly. And I refuse to allow my naysayers, I refuse to allow people to funeralize me before it's my time. Because I found out as the uh, seasonal saints, they say they're going to talk about you while you're living. And even when they put the dirt on you, still going to talk about you. But in this season, as I'm looking out, I think I'm okay to say this because I see some young men in the house. You, you, you know what's going on in the news and everywhere around this country. You got to make sure, and I got to deviate from this, this notes. I don't have no notes, but I'm just flowing. But I just got to go over here in this area for a commercial break. The young African-American men, you got to make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Make sure you're not doing things that you know you're not supposed to be doing. Oh, come on, somebody. Because it's already hard for us as it is. We've been stereotyped because we're black. Because, oh, my God. And we already been looked down upon. And just because we walk into a building, people already have this persona, this thought about, oh, he's bad. And he's a thug and a jack. Oh, come on, somebody. Ah, Jesus. Because I still walking around, and although I'm a pastor, a minister, whatever you want to call me, I still get looked down upon too. Just like I'm a child of the king, so I'm gonna walk like a king. I'm gonna talk like a king. I'm gonna wear my clothes like a. King. I'm a live like a king because I'm a king's kid. Oh, you're gonna look to yourself and say, "I'm a king's kid. I'm a king's kid." Because so many times we allow people to be, uh, to diminish our value, to diminish our worth, and make us feel like we're nothing more than a dirty, filthy rag. But I come to let you know that the Bible says you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation called unto God. You were once in darkness, but now you are in the light. Ah, and so many times we 
we, uh, someone said this earlier about we're no longer slaves, we are free. But we can't be free if we have the mentality of slavery. Our minds have to be free. We may be free physically, but if your mind, if your mind not free, how you gonna expect to live a free life? <sighs> My God. So, get up, he told this young man. The young man could have chose to lay down and did whatever he wanted to do, but he chose life. And that's one thing I love about God. He gives us the decision to choose. And today I want to submit this to you. Do you choose life today? Because so many times uh, we choose these group of friends who mean us no good, who don't invest in us, who use us, who manipulate us to do what they want us to do. Uh, and we're stuck in that place of death. But Jesus said, get up. He won't force himself in. He's going to allow you the opportunity to say, okay, Lord, I'm getting up. I'm going to come and do what you call me to do. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to just get up off my lazy little horse and I'm going to get up like a bump on the log and do what you call me to do. I remember a while back when I was in revival uh, in Slacaga in the summertime and I told the people, I said, the Lord told me to ask you, what will you say? What will you do when he calls you? And sometimes we use excuses, Pastor England, to when God calls us. I'm too busy. I got to tend to this. I got this to handle. But he said, come unto me. All ye that are heavy laden, and he'll give you rest. Is there anybody that can say, I'm going to give it over to the Lord and let him work it out? So coming back into Luke 7 and 15, I find that the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Uh, I want to pose this thought here for the parents in the house that are wondering when their son is going to come home, when their daughter is going to come home, when their nephew is coming home. I come to let you know that Jesus has already called them, but it's up to them to answer the call. But when they answer the call, be expecting them to come. Because he gave him to his mother. I'm reminded of the Bible when the Bible, uh, when there was a story told about the prodigal son. He went away, but he came back. Uh, but also, parents, there is a thing that you have to do. The Bible said you got to train them up in the way that they should go. And when they get older, they would not depart from it. Uh, so, parents, uh, to you today, uh, if you're training them up, you're in the word of God, making sure that they have a relationship with them, all they may strain a little bit, they're going to be able to come back and say, I know who my daddy is. And his name is Jesus. The Bible says he chastised those whom he loves. So while they're out there and he begins to tug on them and pull on them, he's going to begin to give them a little tap tap here and there because they think their career is boosting off because of something that they did. But I come to let you know it's all God's glory. But this is the point I like here in verse 16. It says, then fear came over everyone and they glorified God, saying a great prophet has risen among us and has visited his people. 
uh, in this time where if you are in your funeral position where they're taking you to your burying place, Jesus is here on the scene showing us his power in front of many people who are trying to take you down. But he comes and he does his work and that means that the miracles of God is going to show forth in a place of where death was residing. So I found here that fear came over and they began to glorify him. Even in the death situation, God can cause people to come to him. Because all the glory becomes to him. And he visited his people. I reminded that there are many gods that people serve, but there's only one God who still is alive today. And he comes and see about us. Amen. Is there anybody can say he came and visit me this morning? He came and visit me right now. If it had not been for the Lord coming to visit me, I would not be here today. And so this report went out throughout the land and the city where they were in. And I come to my closing uh, today because I want to submit this to you. I died, but my funeral was canceled. I begin to look at the book of Luke, the 8th chapter and the 40th verse and I find that Jesus is coming back to a city where Jairus was and Jairus had a problem because his daughter was dead as he said but on Jesus' way through the city he encountered a issue. He encountered a problem because there was a woman with an issue of blood that got healed because she touched the hem of his garment. Isn't it funny that when you are in need of something and God is on his way but things begin to Oh, God, things begin to seem like there's no hope is there, but here comes Jesus coming down. He's going about his business, but here comes a woman stopping him from getting to your uh, problem to come see about you. But there was somebody uh, for some years ago uh, that needed a touch from the master. She said, I don't know. I don't care how I get there. I just need to get a touch uh, from Jesus. I just need to touch the hem of his garment. And if I can just get a touch from him. I know everything will be alright. Is there anybody that can say, if I can just get a touch from his garment and later on in the scripture after she got a touch from his garment, I begin to realize that he, he told her, he said your faith has made you whole. Some of you are low in faith. You need to give up off your bubble alone and get stronger in your faith. Get stronger in your belief because it's your faith that's what will work out because I'm reminded that the Bible says faith without works is dead. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So I have faith enough that if I have this sickness, if I have this disease, I know that Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of the Lord, my healer, my provider, he is going to protect me. He's going to heal me. Is there anybody that can say that I trust in him to heal me because he is God and God by himself. And so I found out uh, that Jesus told him, uh, don't you worry, son. Uh, your daughter is just sleeping. Uh, uh, some of you in here uh, got an issue, uh, but God is saying it's all right. Uh, it's just resting for a while. Uh, but he was like, Lord, uh, help me right here. Uh, it's my only daughter. Uh, I need 
you God. And then there were professional mourners. You know those people who ain't got nothing good to say. That's always negative. Oh, she dead. And they're crying. And they're weeping. The spirit of mourning and sadness. But I come to let you know that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And if anybody needs joy, this is the season that the Lord has given us a Oh, God. I think you know, I got to go into this prophetic real quick. The Bible, God told me to tell the people real here that this is the season to go into the enemy's camp to take back everything that the devil thought he stole. You got to take back your joy. Take back your peace. Take back your family. Oh, somebody need to get up and say, I'm taking it all back. Oh my God. So we find that here, that he's over here with Jairus. And after he had an issue here with this woman, because virtue had came out of Jesus. So he's already tired. Now he done done the work for the day. But he's God. He's Jesus. So he has all power. So as we find that here he's talking to uh, these people and this is what the Bible says and Luke the 8th chapter and the 49th through the 50th verse I need to get it here before my tablet cuts off but it says while he was still speaking someone from the synagogue leader's house saying your daughter is dead don't bother the teacher anymore is there anybody that can say shut your mouth oh God you gotta tell these haters tell these naysayers to shut their mouth Oh, God. The Bible says death and life is in the power of your tongue. You gotta get around some folks that's gonna encourage you. You gotta get around some folks that's gonna pray for you. You can't let everybody speak into your situation. Oh, my God, that's good right there. And this is what Jesus said after he heard what they was talking about. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. Can I get a napkin, a paper towel, please? Um, Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe she will be made well. And that's all you have to do. You have to believe. Everybody's not going to speak positivity in your life. You just got to believe for yourself without a shadow of a doubt that if he did it for those in, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, he can do it for you. Is there anybody that can say if he did it for him, he can do it for me? No matter what my circumstances may be, I know that my God is going to handle it. If only I just believe. Thank you, thank you. You got to believe. And he says in verse 52, everyone was crying and mourning for her. But he said, stop crying for she is not dead but asleep. And then later down, they started laughing at him. Oh, my God. Do you have people laughing in your face just because you believe in what the Lord had said? People are going to laugh because they said they knew she was dead. But Jesus just said, she asleep. And my, my sister, I, 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 she's not here today, but she's going to get me if she hear this. She is a hard sleeper. And she is just knocked out. We're like, get up. Like, what you, come up, hey, get up. She was in a hard sleep. She was just resting in the Lord. But people said, no, nah, she dead. She ain't sleep. She dead. You got people talking about you right now, talking about you dead, but you still here. Some of y'all need to go on y'all Facebook pages tonight and say, thank God I'm still here. 
Uh, to let those people know that you're still standing on the word. You're still standing on the rock. You're still believing that God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can think or imagine according to the power that's working through us. Some of y'all need to let these folks know that I am still alive. You may have thought I was dead, but God said I'm not dead. I'm just asleep. So he called out to the child and told her to get up. And she got up and gave orders. And her parents was astounded at the instructions that was given unto her and so uh, and so as we find here that these people were at the point of death but they wasn't really dead they were asleep and as I close this out I found in John the 11th chapter around the 43rd verse about the story of Lazarus and the Mary came to Jesus said, if you would have been here, he would not have died. But Lazarus wasn't dead. Although they said he was dead, he was just spiritually dead. And Jesus came and he told him, come forth out of that uh, place of bondage, out of that place of wrapped up and, and out of that place where all the hope was gone. And Jesus said, come forth. And Lazarus had to come forth as per goal. Is there anybody that can say, I died, but my funeral was canceled. I, I'm reminded of a story of a man uh, of 2,000 years ago uh, who came on this earth to for us. Uh, his name is Jesus, uh, the son of the living God. Uh, the one who came on this earth, uh, he was doing miracles. He was saving and giving sight to the blind man. His name is Jesus. But there came a problem in the city because of Jesus. He was doing things out of the ordinary, but they didn't know that there was a greater one on the inside of him than he that was in the world because the people were astounded at the things that Jesus was doing. Oh my God, I thank God for Jesus today because Jesus had 12 disciples. And I come to that side Somebody know today uh, that you ain't got to have all these big quick groups and cliches uh, because Jesus only had 12 uh, and even out of that 12 group of the disciples, uh, he had one to betray him. Uh, why is this so significant right now? Uh, because of the simple fact is uh, they thought that he was going to die uh, because of the simple fact he is the son of God. Uh, he was just going to a new place. Uh, somebody got to know today uh, that you're getting ready to go to a new place. Uh, you're not dead. You just go straight. You're getting ready. God is preparing you to go to a new level of anointing. You're going to a new level in Him. You're not dead. You're just asleep. And so Jesus, He was doing miracles. But I came and found out that after all said and done, when the people, the leaders, the synagogue leaders and the Jewish leaders, they was hating on Him because He was doing things that they didn't even God. He was doing things that they weren't even able to do. So Jesus was doing his own thing. He told the people, he said, I gotta be about my father's business. Is there anybody that can say I'm about my father's business tonight? Because of the simple fact is, I know that there is a place that I gotta go. The Bible says in John 14, he said, don't even pray, don't even be worried. I'm just going to another place. Look to somebody and say, I'm just going to another place. I'm just going to a new place. Oh my God, some folks think I'm dead right now, but I'm just on a new level. I don't think, oh my God, and Jesus, he was going up 
to pray and then he came back and the people were sleeping but he said why you can't even stay up a whole hour to pray and he went back and prayed and then he came back and they took him down to the city gates and they began to bring him before the courts and Jesus said I don't find no fault in this man but they said we want Barabbas we want the murderer we want the killer but they gave Jesus up somebody said this a few days ago the same ones who say Hosanna Hosanna on Friday will be the same ones who want to say crucify him on Sunday but I came to let you know they may not killed him but he wasn't dead he just went to a place down in death and took the key from death Oh my God, and all death to behave. And he came back and said, I gotta go. I gotta go make this place in heaven for you. Is there anybody excited today that Jesus went and made a place for you? The Bible says, I go to prepare a place for you. Oh my God. And the Bible says that where I go, there you will be also. So I'm excited today that I know who Jesus is. Because they thought I was dead, but he came and kept for my funeral. Oh my God. You all look to somebody and say, Jesus, the funeral counselor. He'll counsel that funeral. When everybody wants you dead, he came in and counseled the funeral. And so I thank God that he came on this earth and did what he did, did ministry and helped us out because we all were sinners. But he came and he took on that burden and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He still had love to those who despitefully used him. He still loved his enemies. That's why the Bible said, although you may have heard, love those who love you and hate those who hate you. But he came and told us to love those even though they've been talking about you. And I come to encourage you today that no matter what people may say to you, what they do to you, you still got to love them anyway. If you want to make it in, you got to love the hell out of folks. Because some folks want you dead, but you still say, I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. No matter what may be coming my way, I still got love for you. You may be at my funeral. You may have been laughing when they said I was dead. But I'm alive and well. I got the joy on the inside. I got strength. I got power. I got the anointing from God to keep on standing. I thank God today for his love and his mercy towards me. That was always provided for me and I just want to give my testimony before I go to my seat because many folks thought I was going to die in the middle of my test but I'm still here I'm still alive and well because Jesus the funeral counselor he counseled the funeral because people thought that just because I was a young man after God that I was going to die in the midst of my situation but God came in and took control of everything that was going on because in my, in my elementary school days I wasn't that perfect kid pastor I wasn't always the one that the teachers admired I was the one teachers wanted to put out the classroom I was the one that they did not like I was the one that they said I'm not naming my child after that one I was oh my god and I was the one they always said to the principal's office he ain't no good he ain't nobody he ain't gonna do that he ain't gonna do this but look at me now I'm still standing you ought to look to your Enemy until I'm still standing. Ah, I'm still standing. 
and, and, and as my elementary days, I, I switched school systems, and, and I was on the A-on where I was doing good in school. My grades were good. I was doing my best. I did what I could to make it through so I can get to my high school and everything else, and then I switched schools, and everything just, all oh, hell just began to break loose, and I'm like, Lord, what is going on? I was doing my own thing. I was hiding stuff from Mama. I, I was keeping secrets. I was doing my own thing, and I began to act like those who I was hanging around. You got to watch your surroundings, young folks. But anyway, I got to keep moving on. But I was doing my own thing. I got in a little trouble, and I got sent down to the alternative school one year. I came back. I was able to graduate with my uh, elementary class, uh, so I went on to high school, 7th uh, through 12th grade. And so I was there, and I got into some more trouble in high school. They was like, oh my God, what are we going to do with this child? He is just a bad little son son. And we don't want him in my classroom, because I ain't got time for little Zay. Oh my God. But I thank God today that through the summertime, there was a changing, there was a shifting, because I was getting ready to step into the call that God had placed on my life, but I could not go into this place if my attitude wasn't right. I couldn't go into this place if I wasn't living right. I'm trying to help somebody here. You're trying to get on a basketball team. You're trying to get on a football team, the chilling squad. You're trying to get into something, but your attitude got to be right. You got to make sure you're in right standing with the Lord because he's able to get you there. But anyway, going on through the summertime, I had to get sat down and said, Lord, I love you so much that just, if you can just help me out on this one time, just, just help me out. I'm going to do your will. I'm going to do your work. And so he helped me out. And I came back to school the next year. They said, where is this old Savior? Where is he? What happened to you? I said, nobody but God. Nobody but God. Oh, my God. And then I can say, nobody but God. Nobody but God. And they kept asking. I said, hold up. You, you, was, you didn't want me in your class in last year. You didn't want me around your class and your students last year. But now you want me now. Just because things begin to change on the inside. Now you want me now. But you keep asking for the old man. How you want something old and new at the same time? The Bible says old things have passed away before he has made all things new. And so when he created a new, a new mindset, a new thing inside of me, things begin to change. People begin to see the difference in young people and even the seasoned saints in here today. Uh, that when God is in your life, you got to make sure uh, that he's in your life because evidence will show forth. Because change and people begin to see uh, the glory on your life. Uh, people begin to see the power of God on your life because why? You begin to change your ways. Uh, you begin to act different. You begin to talk different. Uh, because God that came in and you said, Lord, if you can use it in his name, you can use me. Lord, take over my life. This is your body that you have loaned to me. I'm going to do your will, Lord. And so as time went on, I was able to get my ministerial license. I was going forth and doing ministry. And then I got the schoolhouse. And the people was like, ministers are supposed to do that. Mental, ministers don't supposed to say that. I told them at another church, I said, I just don't even want the title no more. Right. Ministers can't do nothing. Right. I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. But even in that sense, I came up from the nobody or somebody that they didn't want in their school system to the school minister. 
I found favor with the superintendent of the school system. I was, oh my God, they was calling me to do their job. They was calling me to do their job. I'm not even educated enough to do your job. Asking me where things are in the school place. Come on, somebody. The one you wanted to send out and say, you need to go to a different school, but you call and ask me where this is and what about this and what you think about. Come on, ain't that the favor of God? And I'm like, Lord, I give you the glory because I know if I take this glory from you, you can knock me right back down to where I started. But I come and let somebody know I started from the bottom, now I'm here. Oh my God. And so now I'm in this place where I know the superintendent, I'm hanging out with the superintendent of the school system. I've been a representative for my school through the, the, the county, statewide. I've been on television meeting multiple times and, and God has just been blessing. I'm just like, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me. And so now I was in this place and so I'm doing all these things and then at the end of my high school career, uh, one of my teachers, he told me, he said, if you would have told me you would have joined the Honor Society back then, I would have laughed in your face. Then I said, earlier people was laughing at the fair people was laughing in my face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, and God will allow you to prove those who laugh, who's going to laugh in your face. Oh, my God, it's good like that. God is going to elevate you into a place where those who said you wouldn't be able to make it, you won't be able to amount to anything, you won't conquer, you will provide a way for you to get to the top. And when you get there, folks going to hate you. Because I was president of three clubs, the student council, the national senior bay club, and the focus program, it was like, how do you get to be president of three clubs and a member of all the other clubs? I said, it wasn't nobody but y'all. I'm like, I'm out here, I got three AP classes, I got Saturday study sessions, I got ministry engagements, and I'm a president of three clubs, I got my own two ministries. How in the world did I do it? And I told them this in an interview on television. I said, I kept God first. <laughs> Keep God first in everything that you do. Oh, God. And I had, I had this one teacher. I'm done preaching. I'm just testifying now. But I had this one teacher. She said, she pulled me. She said, you're not even qualified. You're not, you shouldn't even be the student council president. I said, oh, God. This devil done crept in my schoolhouse. <laughs> now, mind you, let me rewind. Let me remind you that I was doing ministry inside the school building. I was having Bible studies. We was having prayer meetings. We had online Bible studies where we had streaming, uh, international streaming. And we was sharing the gospel of Jesus in the schoolhouse. <sighs> Come on now. <laughs> I was doing ministry in the schoolhouse. And people talk about we need God in school. It's the young folks that's in the school. They can keep God here. Oh, my God. And, and they talking about Trump said he's going to bring prayer. I said, wait a minute. I already done this back in 2014. I brought prayer back anyway. Uh, I'm not boasting them. I'm just boasting in what the Lord has done for me. Because it was, it, it was because of God. Because now we have two different... We have three different campuses of, camp of Press for a Cause at different school systems throughout Central Alabama. 
we have campuses of the other ministry in international places in Africa, Pakistan, and all these. It was nobody but God. A somebody who was bad, who was talked about, who was misused and ridiculed, came up to a place where he brought God into a place where that singing all hope was gone. And people said, I remember what you used to do. Yeah, that's what I used to do. But what I'm doing now is for the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Because every time you try to take a step forward and do something for the kingdom, people are going to push you back to me. I remember when you used to. Yeah, keep remembering what I used to, but what I'm doing now is going to be more greater than what I used to do. So now coming up in May, we will be hosting... Our, I believe our fourth annual community prayer day in my hometown of Silicon, Alabama. And many folks said, we need to have a prayer. And, and this is what gets me past English. We wait till some tragic happened to do a prayer. Huh. Why wait till something bad happened to pray? We should still be praying now. <sighs> Me and she always to pray. And so when I go out there, I'm not looking for a big crowd, I'm not looking for numbers, but it just be a little handful of us that are praying outside of our city hall, praying for students, young people across this world, and even for our little old town. But, oh, Pastor Kid, we need to come pray over here, Pastor Kid. But we was already praying before the incident even happened. Oh, my God. And so, now I have uh, graduated high school and, and going back to the teachers, she was like, you're not even, you shouldn't even be the student council president and you got all this stuff on your, your back, you, you in all these clubs and you were in all these AP classes and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just listening to this and I'm just like, Lord, give me the words to say. <laughs> because I didn't want to disrespect her, but she, she was dogging me out. I can't see everything else to you. But I said, Lord, give me wisdom. And I said, I appreciate this conversation, but I am doing well in my classes. I'm on the AB Honor Roll. I'm president of the Honor Society. I will graduate top 10 of my class. I have all these awards and accolades. I'm still doing fine. When folks say you are not able to do something, I know that I have strength inside of me that I can do all things through what through Christ who give me the strength. And some of y'all got to stop worrying about what these people say because they're killing your dreams. They stop you from doing what God has called you to do. And so I say this, and I'm getting ready to take my seat. You know, as preachers, we say, yeah, my clothes, and we still up there 15 <laughs> But... I graduated top 10 of my class. I, I got all these awards and accolades. I'm an ordained pastor. I'm a student at Jacksonville State University studying secondary education with a concentration in mathematics. I'm an intern for one of the organ, uh, organizations, an educational organization. And I'm still on the battlefield fighting for the Lord. I am an African-American male at the age of 18 years old, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to say I am an African-American black Christian. I can stand and say it like somebody said, I'm black and I'm proud. 
because I, I, I went down to the State House on Thursday and, and Governor Kayali was talking to some of us college students. He said that in this time we are facing racial injustice in our educational systems. I said, oh, right now, uh, Governor Kayali, I'll be back down here Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, March 1st to the 3rd. <laughs> so I hope some changes take place. <laughs> Because I'm the kind of person, because I want to go into politics and go into that arena, because the Bible said the government shall be upon your shoulders. So I said, God, you give me the wisdom and the understanding to make sure that when I go into this area, this arena, that I know how to do legislation. And so now I'm getting ready to go to the state house for a few days and spend time up there to meet the legislators, senators, house representatives, and hopefully shake the governor's hand. But God is sending people into these places to make radical changes. And I'm so grateful and so thankful. Well, I'm going to say this, I'm sitting down, I said this, I don't know how many times. <laughs> but this one senator stuck out to me, and he told the people, he said, when he got up, he said, and I hope somebody shout on this, because this is a senator, and we're in a political forum gesture setting here. He said, I hope I don't offend nobody, but I just want to say these three words. Praise the Lord. I said, hallelujah. We got to give God some praise in the state house. He said, even when we pass bills to help lower college tuition, he said these words, and I'm going to take my seat because that will make me praise right there. He said, don't give me the credit. It's all God because he deserves the glory. And you ought to look to somebody and say, give the glory to God. Give the glory to God because it's not due to me, it's due to him. And so when your tuition get lower in college, be like, thank you, God. May you be blessed, and I hope you was encouraged today. I died, but my funeral was canceled. Amen? Y'all be blessed. Amen. I mean, my, my grandson. <laughs> my grandson.